Good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm certainly going to rejoice and be glad in it. So glad to have all of you uh, with us in Family Church School today. Um, um, it's really good to, to have y'all uh, with us this morning. I'm going to have a lesson, and then we're going to go worship our one triune God. And uh, it's quite appropriate, this lesson, because it begins a new unit, Sister Pillow. It's about obedience in worship, obedience in worship. And our first uh, uh, lesson uh, is found in chapter 19. Uh, and the authors have entitled our lesson, uh, Obedience and Respect obedience and respect. And we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 25 of chapter 19 as we enter this new unit of obedience and worship. Um, okay. Uh, obedience and respect. We live in a day and time uh, that I think uh, this is my opinion that uh, it is a riotous, self-driven, sin-powered life. And that's every individual on the planet. And one would have to ask themselves, why is that so? I think we can find it uh, in the scriptures that are printed uh, today in our lesson on obedience and respect. At the very center of our life is this question ever before us of sin. And because it's so prominent and preeminent in our lives, we must look to it and its sources and its effects in order to really reconcile why is it so hard to do right? Oh, oh when. Sister so Hollis, I'm asking this of, of, of me. Why is it so hard to do the right thing, to obey the word of God? I, I think our author, Sister Pillar, has given us some insight this morning uh, by its title. And I think it can be found in that word, Sister Lovelace, called respect. Our lives are in turmoil. Sin is pervasive because we don't have respect. We don't have respect for God, and therefore, we could never have respect for each other. And uh, if I listen to uh, Pop Staple and Mavis uh, Staple, uh, maybe it's because you really don't respect yourself. C could that be it? Could, could we be so self-centered? Should we be so concerned about ourselves that we even lose respect for ourselves? I think not. I think it starts with God. I think we have no respect for God when we consistently disobey his word. Think about it. Many of us on this call are parents. When we ask a child to do something or tell them not to do something and they go and do it, what, what is the first thing that you think other than you must be crazy? What, what's the next thing you think? You don't respect me. You don't respect me and my house, my rules. 
And when they grow up and those children grow up and become of age, you say, since you don't respect me, you don't say, since you disobey me, you say, since you don't respect me, get out of my house. Aren't we glad that we don't have a God like that? Because I tell you, at the root of a problem of disobedience, there's a problem of disrespect. And God showed us this, Brother Davies, in this book of Exodus, a people that he has delivered from the, the oppression and depression of uh, uh, slavery and is about to jettison them into what would be the promised land. Last week, we stopped long enough to find out that he's about to give them a law and they, without even hearing it, says, we'll obey everything. But then we pick right back up in the same chapter. Because remember last week, we had two chapters. We had chapter 19 and then we switched over to chapter 24. But in the same chapter, in a few verses down, we find what the real problem, what the real struggle is going to be. And I think it's respect. Let, let me just soapbox here for, for a minute because it's, it's one of the things that uh, Deacon Harmon, that I've been somewhat looked askance uh, at from time to time because, uh, you know, as being prudish and uh, uh, because I, I am I, I, I am somewhat, I, I grew up in an era and I grew up in a home where uh, respect meant a lot. And the respect in God's house meant a whole lot. You, you didn't fall up into God's house any kind of way. You didn't act up in God's house in any kind of way. You didn't cut up the fool in any kind of way. Things were consecrated and set apart in God's house. Because in there, the, 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 the idea was that he indwells the praises of his people in his house. And therefore, his, if he indwells the praises, he is in concert with what is going on. He's in agreement with what's going on. But he can't be in agreement when there's disrespect, when you don't care about his house, when we can act any kind of way. And I, let, 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 let me, I might as well get it all off my chest. You know, one of the things, the most dangerous people I find in the world are people I call casual Christians. Folk who thinks that God is their buddy. That God is some sort of cosmic bellhop that's there. God wants an intimate relationship with us, yes. But that intimate relationship has bounds. And it starts, those boundaries start at the very core of it, as we'll see this morning, starts with a healthy dose of respect for God. And so one could conclude after this lesson that if you don't have respect for God, you're certainly not going to obey his ordinance, his doctrines, or his commands. You're not going to do it. People you don't respect, you'll try to do treat any kind of way. And that's why we treat each other so shabbily. Because I think at the very core of the matter is disrespect. And God says, I'm about to lay down the law. The law is for discipline, for training you in how to relate to God and how to relate to each other. But he takes these few moments in a very dramatic fashion to demonstrate even, yes, to us today. I realize, you know, it's, it's for, for those that we were in family church school and teaching children, you know, would be this terrible thing because now we have to talk about the, the you know, the terribleness and the awesomeness of God and his power, fear and all of that. But that's not what the lesson is about. It's about knowing who God is and respecting him 
and his commandments, respecting him and his word. Because you can't respect him if you don't respect his word. Because the last time I checked, he is his word. And his word is him. You, you don't separate him from his word. And so in the lesson today, I want to I, I, I want you to get your mind around what, what it is to be obedient in worship and what that looks like. It may not look like what you think it is. Because remember, we're talking about a time when when God is delivering a people, establishing a nation, and he's pointing to something. He's doing something with what he's saying. Chapter 19, verses 16 and 17, describes uh, uh, the initial assembly of the folk after God has talked to Moses and laid down some guidelines and and talked about, hey, going to come together. Whether two or three gathered in my name, there I am also. So we're talking about the assembly of folk. And and in your time, just back up and, and start where we left off last week and read down to verses about 15. And God will show you all the things that he requires if we are going to assemble together in what we call worship for these people of Israel. But it also tells us how we need to approach uh, worship also. Uh, Verses 16 and 17. Uh, Sister Samuels, Kathleen Samuels, set the scene for the assembly. She is working. Sister Gwen Thompson, would you unmic, please? And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount. God had already instructed Moses, go down, get the people, uh, have them sanctify themselves. As a matter of fact, I want them to, because I'm about to come and be in their presence, that they will hear from me die. Directly, not through your voice, not through your personality, but through my voice. And the scene is set uh, uh, on at Mount Sinai. Uh, 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 they are camped there at Mount Sinai, at the foot of the mountain. And in they look up and they see, they hear these loud noises, and they see this thick cloud of smoke and uh it, it it appears that the mountain is literally on fire and Moses tells the people bring cap come forth and stand at the foot of the mountain now he had already told him in the previous verses why that's why I encourage you all to go back and look at the previous verses, is that there were boundaries. He didn't say touch the mountain. He didn't say run up the mountain. He didn't say be playing at the mountain. He said assemble, Sister Hollis, at the mountain. And there I will meet them and I will speak to them. So many of us talk about we want to invoke the presence of God, but do we? I, 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 you know, you know. I told you about that thing about uh, casual Christians being dangerous. That 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 they become so casual, uh, they become careless, and they can come into the presence of God any kind of way. But God has standards, 
for his assembly. And here he tells the folk, this is where you ought to come. This is where you ought to stand. You know, like some folk, they, they won't even follow the, the, the directions of the ushers for worship. Matter of fact, with, with some folk, uh, 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 Sister Lovelace, they so mad by the time they get in church, they don't want to worship nothing because they don't fault with the ushers about where they're going to sit, how they're going to stand. Don't come in right now. They're praying, you know, let me in. You know, don't you hear the people up there praying? Oh, I want to get in. I want to get in and say, I'm tired. You know, I'm holding a baby. No reverence. No, no respect for God's house. But 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 I but I'm I'm telling you, Bogan, I'm telling you, I'm giving you guys a warning. You need to go back and read the previous verse. For for the Israelites, Mr. Brown, this, this wasn't a thing. God not only told them how to dress, told them to wash their bodies, he, he told them what activities they couldn't even partake of before they're going into worship. Oh, y'all, you see, y'all think I was making that up. That's why y'all to bring your Bibles to family church school so you can run back there. Yes, he said, for you married folk, don't even, don't even have intimacy together. This is a holy time. I am holy, and my expectations is that you will be holy and totally sanctified, set apart, consecrated for this encounter with the one triune God. Verse 18 says, uh, 18 and uh, 18 and 19. Yes. Uh, and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked gently, greatly. The, the mountain's on fire, y'all. The smoke is so thick. The glory of God is on the mountain. Yeah. And this, this cloud is a manifestation of the power and the awesomeness of God coming down, touching the top of that mountain. The atmosphere is right. And what God, what is God telling us? The atmosphere has got to be right for worship. That your focus has got to be that you are looking up to him, not around what people are wearing, what they're doing, uh, uh, texting one another, having the side conversations. Your, your pew partners can't even hear the pastor preach because you're carrying on a, 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 a sidebar conversation. God says the atmosphere has got to be right. It's got to be one of consecrationness and uh, sanctification. Sister Gwen, 19 says what? And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and yes. waxed louder and louder, and Moses louder. spake. And uh -huh. God answered him by a voice. Trumpets, all that pomp and circumstance. Horns blowing. Sounds louder and louder and louder. And when they, when they got louder, Moses speaks. And God audibly answers him. That happens in worship. Moses speaks and God answers while the mountain is on fire. The glory of the Lord is in the mountain. God's presence is there with the people. And the people have been given certain instructions that they're not to come, they're not to touch the mountain, they're not to play on the mountain. You don't have the kids running up and down side of the mountain. They're to stand at the foot of the mountain, that there's an order, that there's a decorum for worship is the lesson that's being taught here. That's a lesson that we need to bring back because I really think we become too casual. We, we, we become so casual, we become very careless. When we, we, when we can wear the same sort of outfits that we wear to the beach, to church, that there's a problem there. Okay, but I'm, it's just me. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to digress. 
Thank you, Sister Gwen. Sister Lovelace, would you open up uh, chapter 20? And I want to tell you about a warning. Read verses 20? Yes, verse 20 and 21. All right. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And the Lord said unto Moses, go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. Then, then I had Sister Lovelace read it. God requires order in worship. He's about to give them the law. He hasn't given it to them. They've already agreed to it. But God says, he, he's, he's telling us something uh, uh, from this, is that, you know, one of the uh, 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 first signs of wisdom is, is to know that there is God. And the second sign of wisdom is that you have a healthy reverence for God. And, and, and some folk are so unstructured, so undisciplined that they think they can act any kind of way, whether they're in the presence of, a God, of God or not. They, they treat God just like their homies. They, they become just as casual with them. And, 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 one, and, and one of the things in any kind of relationship that, that there are boundaries and you must respect those boundaries. And God here warns, says, Moses, come on back up here. I want to, I want you to go down and charge. I want you to go down and tell the folk that don't break through, don't get unruly, don't run up this mountain, don't touch this mountain, or there will be some serious consequences. They're learning as a community, as a congregation, how to assemble in the presence of God. And that God is not the man upstairs. Hmm. I, I, I heard someone say once, I wouldn't go to sleep at night if God was just a man upstairs. God is God. He's awesome. He's worthy to be praised, but he's worthy to be worshiped and praised respectfully. That there's a certain amount of obedience and respect when there's an assembly of God's people. When God is in the midst of this assembly, God expects order. Verse 22. And let the priests also, which come near to the Lord, sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. Whatever applies to the people applies to the priest. Well, let, let me catch some eyes. Let me, Vanessa, let me, let me catch some eyes. See, see, I, I, I know some of you, you know, you're big shot callers, you know, online, you know, you got all kinds of titles, you know, and, and, you know, you large and you in charge, you, you, you run uh, things around here, but God says he's in charge of worship. Not the magnification champion, not Pastor Brown, not uh, uh, Deacon Reese, not Deacon Joe Richardson. Not Deacon Sneed, not Minister Brown. God is in charge. God sets the order. You know, uh, Pastor Brown used to read uh, when we were uh, collecting, especially when we were uh, collecting, uh, I mean, coming together uh, physically. He, he would always say, you know, hey, uh, we printed a program, but it, it's subject to change due to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because he knows he's not in charge of worship. God is. 
God says to order. And we, we've got to realize that. You, you can't get mad with Esther Brown for doing what God says. You can't get mad with Deacon Richardson and Deacon Jones for what God says how order should be. But times change. I understand the culture. I, I understand it. And I understand that God's word in the world has got to be conveyed in the context of the culture. But the culture can't dictate God. As a matter of fact, there was a time in my lifetime where the church dictated the culture. But that's long gone. And when the church doesn't dictate the culture, there is no respect of the culture. There's no respect of the community. There's no respect of the church. Now you can say, hey, you know, hey, this is modern time. People do things different and all of that. Hey, I'm not talking about doing it different. I'm talking about doing it respectfully. And God says, I'm going to be worshiping in spirit and in truth. And that requires a healthy amount of respect. And if, and if you can't do what the usher says in church, you're supposed to get your brains beat out on 35 when the police stop you for speeding. Come on, think about it, folks. Well, why do we have all this resistance and, 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 and people, you can't say anything to anybody because everybody has got their own agenda and really they become their own little gods. Because if you set the agenda, then you've edged God out and you become gods. But God says, I want you to warn them. Y'all heard Sister Lovelace reading? God says, Moses, you go tell them. I'm not playing to include the preacher. You get the preacher up there clowning, disrespecting me, they'll be in trouble. You catch one of the kids running up that mountain, they're going to be in trouble. You don't like your place on the ground, so you want to get closer because of your curiosity, because you've been overcome by the Spirit and you touch this mountain, you're in trouble. Because it says, God is looking for your will, not your emotions. If you can't tame your emotions, you won't have respect for anybody. You'll say whatever, whatever comes up, comes up will come out you'll say anything and if you say anything that is because you've been thinking anything and if you think anything and you'll say anything you'll do anything so wonder we have such disrespect but god here says you're not going to disrespect me i'm not your buddy now you're home i'm god and this is a time of worship. This is a time of consecration. This is a time of sanctification. And there ought to be some time when we set aside that, cut out all the foolishness and, and the craziness and, and the discourse and says, we want to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And we want to lean toward him in obedience. Not toward us, ourselves. God says, don't let it happen. He says, and whatever I require of the people, I require no less of the priests. See, because the law is about to come. And see, under God's economy, Sister Pillow, there is nobody that is above the law. It, it, you see, you, you're not, uh, did that, uh, did that, uh, uh, trigger something in your mind? So wonder we can have people at the highest levels of government, church, community, doing all kinds of things because they think they're above the law. And God says, I'm about to give the law. I'm the giver of the law. I create, I made the law. And I guarantee you, no one, pulpit or pew, is above the law. 
And when you have that, when you have that distinction, when some folk can act any kind of way and others can't, and pastors can act this kind of way and deacons can act this kind of way and ushers can act this kind of way, God says, no, 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 I'm no respectable person. Y'all going to come to me and holiness, all of y'all. Sister Lovelace, verse 23, we need to go to church today. And Moses said unto the Lord, this people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for thou charges us, saying, set down about the mount and sanctify it. Moses says, Lord, I want to get this straight. I want to be perfectly clear about what you've said. You want me to tell the folk, don't come here acting in any kind of way. Is that, is that what, could you please affirm? Would you want me to tell folk that any relationship with him has boundaries and that we have to respect those boundaries? Lord, is, is that what you're telling me? Tell, tell me now, Lord, is that really what you're saying? Set boundaries about the mount and then set it apart. It says, sanctify it. Sanctify the space that you're about to experience the presence of God. Sanctify it. Set it apart. Don't make it a, a, a part of the desert plain. Chisel out that space, there ought to be a place where you can go and it is sanctified, that in and everything don't happen there. And that, that, was, that was one of the issues. You know, we talk about traditions in the church and the modernization of the church and all of that. Remember years ago and even uh, pretty much the way that uh, uh, our current facility is built. It, it's it's supposed to be a multi-purpose uh, facility. Uh, uh, many of you uh, are new and don't realize that the very floor that you sit on in the master plan is to be a basketball court. But God says, it's not the desert. It's not the foot of the mountain. That's holy. But it's your space that you've set apart to bring God into the presence. It's, it says that you are not to act like you're on the basketball court when you're in the sanctuary. Come on, y'all. I, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not at all, and I'm not that crazy. God is just God. But 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 we want to be our own gods, evidently, because we have no respect for His house. And there's not one person in here. If you do, you can just raise your hand. And for those of you that are on camera, you're in your home now. Do you have some rules in your house that, that no matter what, those rules have to be adhered to? Does anybody, anybody just raise your hand. You don't have to share. Anybody? I saw Vanessa, I saw Quinta, I saw Sister Ogletree. Yeah, yeah. It's your house. It's, it's, it's your house. Now, now, how many of y'all that raise your hand, since y'all didn't, the other folk don't have no rules, or at least I didn't see you. Don't worry about it. How many on um, that raise your hand really like? I'll just use myself, Brother Sneed. I'm not even going to hold up my hand for myself. <laughs> and evidently, nobody. Oh, uh, uh, Michael Johnson said he, he likes Brother Sneed. Okay. So nobody else did. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that vote of confidence. Uh, Brother Mike, 
My question to you would be, as much as you like, Brother Snead, you raised your hand when you said you have certain rules. Now think about this one rule. It's really close to you. You like Brother Snead, but Brother Snead comes to your house and he says he don't care nothing about your rule. He want to act any way he want to. Brother Mike, you got your hand up. You know, you got that hand up. Do you have an emoji that says thumbs down? If I can do anything in your house, I want to against your rules. Give me a thumbs up. But if I can't, give me a thumbs down. Oh, he did. He changed that quick. He went down. You know why? Because, yeah, I like you. Mike Johnson and I have been knowing each other for years. But guess what? I can't come and violate rules of his house. I can't come and act any kind of way. Because you may not care about your rules. You may say, no, I ain't got such rules. Okay, well, then you got chaos in your house. Because there's some folk that are willing to do stuff that you see, because you you think you don't have no rules because you don't you don't run with those kinds of folk. But 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 you know, like some folk, you know, we give something that everybody can deal with. Right, right Elizabeth? I'm telling you, there's some folk, you go to their house, they tell about, put your feet up. Now, when they say put your feet up, they mean just get comfortable. And if they don't mean that, if they mean you literally can put your feet up, you put your feet on their couch, you put your feet on their table, have at it. You go to it. But I'm going to tell you, those rules don't apply to every house. And you've got you to gotta deal with the rules that are for that house. Because you can't come to my house and put your feet on my coffee table. You can't do that. Now, I will let you. I will let you. He can sneeze. Real nice, he'll let you do it. But I wouldn't advise that you do it. Because it's a rule, you don't do that. And other you have some people's houses you go in, you know, you can't uh can't assume that you can just walk into people's houses. I mean, dear couple for years going to their house, you took off your shoes when you entered their house. You have white rugs on the floor. You took your shoes off. You didn't want to take your shoes off? You say, I'll visit you another time. <laughs> or I'll visit you at no time. So if it's easy to comply with your fellow man's rule, what about God's doctrines? What about God's teaching? What about a decorum? Certain folks' house you went to, you can't run in their house. You don't run in their house, homes. Period. Children or otherwise. You're running, you better be running from a fire to escape a fire. But God says, come into my space with a certain decorum, acting a certain way. Moses, you've got it right. I want them to know that there are boundaries. There are boundaries in the space, and there are boundaries in the conduct. This is being obedient. And if you're obedient, you're being respectful. You respect the rules. If you're disobedient, you're disrespecting. I don't care what those rules are. Do what I want to do. It's my thing. It's me, 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 me. If it don't feel right, I ain't. Oh, no, no, no. It's too, it's too hot, too cold, too calm. Oh, there are too many rules. You know, you got to stand up. You got to sit down, you know. <laughs> then they want you to uh, uh, hold up holy hands. They want you to touch. So, you know, it's always, you know, it's, it's about you. It's not about you. It's about God and what he requires. Moses said unto the Lord, the people cannot come up to the mount, Sinai. You charged them, set bounds about the mount and sanctified. What did the Lord say? 
And the Lord said, oh, and the Lord said unto him, away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priests and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. God says, you heard me the first time. You got it right. Moses, you listen real well. So go back down. Tell the people what I said. Now, here's what I want. I want you to bring Aaron. This is so, this is so good. I want you to bring Aaron with you. And, and, we, and we know the rest of the story. You know, Aaron goes on to be the high priest uh, of the country. But here God says, you know what? Some people can look at it and say, wait a minute. I just said, I thought he said that, you know, everybody was going to be at the foot. I told you. God controls the order. He wants you to be put in a position for obedience and respect so that then you can move beyond that. But it's at his call. He makes the call. You don't make the call. It is, it's, it's one of those things, uh, you know, uh, pastor used to tell us about years ago about how, you know, uh, whenever uh, as a, as a uh, visiting uh, preacher in another uh, preacher's church, you wouldn't just assume that you're going to go and sit in the pulpit. And, and, and the term was, it's better to be asked up than to be asked down. See, because in there, you know, you, you assume in that, you know, you, oh yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm a minister, I'm a preacher of the gospel. Uh, I should just uh, go on up there, but that might be 200 people. You might, it, it ain't 200 uh, 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 preachers. I mean, uh, 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 chairs in the pulpit. But it was just a, a, a thing that, you know, I'm supposed to do this. But here, God says, I set the order. I want you to go back down, and I want you to bring Aaron back with you. But you tell the people exactly what I told you about boundaries. Don't touch. Stay at the foot. And listen for the voice of God. Get in the right place. Stay in the right place that God has called you and be really ready to hear the voice of God. The reason why we miss out on what God is saying is that we don't have a healthy uh, respect for him. We, we, we think that we should hear him on our terms. And God says, get in the right place. Get in the right position, and then I'll speak by power. Get in the right place, get in the right position, then I'll speak my power. You don't determine that. And anybody who wants to deviate from that is being disrespectful and thus is being disobedient and thusly disrespectful. God says one of the requirements. For worship is that you be in obedience and respect that you have obedience and respect you don't fall in there any kind of way you don't say what you want to say you don't do what you want to do god has prescribed it and his expectation is that you will do as he has commanded now, verse 25, right quick, only got a few minutes, only got so, a few minutes, but I want to leave this with you. I want to drop this in your spirit. So Moses went down unto the people and spoke unto them. Are, are you sure, Sister Lovelace, are you sure you read that right? Yes. You want to try it again to make sure that, uh, that Brother Bogan heard you right? Uh, maybe maybe uh, Brother Davis didn't hear exactly right. Could could you read that again? Because I, I think I I think I heard you right, but I, I don't know if they did or not. 
So could you read that again? So Moses went down unto the people and spoke unto them. Y'all think that that was a throwaway verse. That's not a throwaway verse. Because all you got to do is back up to the previous verses. Moses heard God speak. Moses got a clarification. And Moses spoke. Moses went up. Heard a message. Moses got clarification. Moses went down. Moses spoke. Very orderly. But you know what I didn't see, Brother Davis? The reason why I didn't think that you and uh, Brother Bogan had heard that? I didn't hear Moses say, now, Lord, could you tell us, just, you know, this is for my personal edification. You know, this is for me and Dorothy Pillow in, in, in 2022. Can you tell, can you tell me why uh, you want it like this? Does Moses say that? Y'all read the whole chapter if you want to. Read the whole book if you want to. You won't find it. It says, just like Sister Lovelace read, and Moses went down. You know why? Because God says, go down. And Moses spoke unto the people, just like God said, do it. Order. Obedience, respect. Without obedience, without respect, there can be no order. In our lives, in our worship to God. Fearful, the whole thing, God starting in verse 16, you know, God coming down on a mountain, the mountain's on fire. There's smoke and this loud trumpets and a loud voice, booming voice, fearful people trembling. It says that even Moses was scared. Hmm. But because you read that this morning, does that mean that's how you're to come? Do you now structure your worship services so that, oh, no, you know, there's got to be quietness, and you know what? You guys can't come up to here. You know, you got to be there. That's not the purpose of that. The purpose of this narrative in Exodus was to show you that obedience is required, obedience and respect is required in any worship that you do. It didn't say that it would always be that way. Y'all better hear me this morning. You know how I know? Because I read the Sunday school lesson this morning. I prepared the lesson this morning. And in that preparation, there are some corollary scriptures. Even if I didn't have, if, 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 if I just read this, I would have never come to that conclusion because I know better. I know that God speaks in time throughout eternity. And that time is for us. Some of it is to us, but all of it is for us. If we turn real quickly over to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 18, and I'll tell you why this is not the way it should be. You not, should not have smoke pillowing up in your worship center uh, this morning and some loud uh, voices of trumpets and some, 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 some ventriloquist voice trying to imitate the voice of God and, you know, only come, you know, come in the door trembling. No. Is it, are you there? Chapter 12, verse 18. Family church school. This is why I love it. This is why I love it, Sister Graham. This is exactly why I love it. Now, you know why? Because in verse 18, and it's the part of our uh, reading, uh, just start reading for me, if you're there, uh, Sister Gwen, now. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burn with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. Sister Gwen froze. 
Someone pick up. What, you want 19 also? Yes. Uh -huh. Oh, sorry. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they had heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so, such as a beast touched a mountain, it shall be stoned and thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better than that of Abel. See, see that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refuse him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And all this right. All right. Thank you, Sister Gwen. Here we go. Did you hear? She, yes. she got she she got kind of I realized I didn't put any boundaries on you there. But uh I think you get it. You see the old described Mount Sinai. The writer of Hebrews, Sister Cora says, you're not at Mount Sinai. You're at Mount Zion. Somebody should shout. Somebody should shout. See, because at Sinai, they were about to receive the law. But at Zion, they've received grace through our mediator, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Sister Lovelace. See, we don't have to conduct it the way. We don't have to come. That's why the writer earlier in, in 4 could say, come to the uh, throne boldly. <laughs> it's because you're not coming to Sinai. You're coming to Zion. You're not controlled by law now. You're blessed by grace. But in it, in it, what Sinai taught us is that God is to be worshipped reverently. The whole idea of the law was to teach you something, is to teach you how to act, how to be respectful, so that you then could respect yourself, so that then you could really appreciate grace. So Sinai was pointing to Zion. Oh, y'all better help me. What a beautiful lesson today. You don't have to be scared. You don't have to be trembling. Oh, the Lord's going to kill me if I act a certain way. The Lord expects obedience and reverence. And because you have the grace of God, you can act that way. Y'all ready to go to church? Let's go to church. I'll see y'all in church.